Hello everyone, welcome to your weekly tech update, the show that explores the newest, coolest, and craziest side of tech available on the interwebs. I'm your GTA addict, Ray McNeil. Coming up on the program today, Microsoft is set to unveil HoloLens 2 this year. China will soon track all new cars with a chip in the windshield. And happening in this week's What The? A shoplifting squirrel steals candy from a store in Disney World, and it's all caught on video. That and a whole lot more coming up on your weekly tech update next. Hello everyone, Microsoft is planning to unveil its HoloLens 2 headset later this year, and sources familiar with Microsoft's plans say that the software maker is tentatively planning to unveil some details on the next HoloLens in the second half of 2018. The HoloLens 2 headset, codenamed Sydney, will include an improved field of view and will be a lot lighter and more comfortable to wear. Microsoft is also reducing the cost of the headset significantly. However, what uh, that means is not yet clear, but it's all to drive business adoption. We're told that Microsoft has been testing future versions of its HoloLens headset with an ARM-based processor inside that will help boost battery life. Google is also reportedly building an ARM-based augmented reality headset. The HoloLens 2 will also include Microsoft's latest generation of the Kinect sensor and a custom AI chip to improve performance. Microsoft is also targeting a HoloLens 2 release date for some time in 2019. Microsoft's next HoloLens will also include a variant of Windows 10, similar to the existing headset and designed especially for its mixed reality use cases. It's part of Microsoft's clever modes for clever hardware plans alongside the Surface Hub 2 and a potential Surface branded notebook device codenamed Andromeda. In November, Google Home gained the ability to multitask with added support for a feature called multiple queries. It allows you to combine two requests into one voice command. For example, turn up the volume and play music. Google Home is now getting even smarter about multitasking by enabling support for three requests in one command. The new feature was announced on Google's at Made by Google Twitter account, where users quickly discovered its limitations. Unfortunately for Google's global customer base, multiple queries is only available in the English language for the time being and only in the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Each command must also be the sort of thing Google Assistant can respond to on its own without further input or clarification. That means you can't just ask it to set an alarm, you have to say set an alarm for 7 a.m. so it doesn't need to ask you any follow-up questions. But it's not the only way Google Home can multitask. In February, Google Assistant gained support for routines as well, which allows you to create custom workflows kicked off with a single voice command. For instance, you can say, I'm home, and the routine 
could turn on the lights, adjust the thermostat, and start playing some music. Meanwhile, at Google's I.O. Developers Conference in May, the company formally announced multiple actions, along with a host of other upgrades for Google Home Actions. This includes routine suggestions, which allow voice app developers to prompt users to add their app's action to a routine, plus action notifications, which allows voice apps to alert users to new features and content, and a whole lot more. Google is not providing an ETA on when multiple queries will roll out to non-English users, saying only that we look forward to supporting additional languages, but have nothing to announce at this time. We'll keep you updated when we hear more. Mercedes-Benz is trying to bring its EQC all-electric SUV to market as soon as next year, which would be awesome. But it also has a series of new all-electric vehicles that it plans to bring to market shortly after that. One of those is the EQA, an all-electric compact car, and Mercedes brought it to Italy last week. The EQA is going to be Mercedes-Benz all-electric entry to compete in the same segment as the A-Class. They unveiled the concept vehicle at the Frankfurt Auto Show last year, and at that time, the German automaker claimed an impressive powertrain consisting of a battery pack of up to 60 kilowatts for a real-world range of 250 miles at a time. It'll have dual motors with over 268 horsepower and all-wheel drive, delivering 0 to 60 performance in about five seconds. They also said that it had a quick charge capability of adding 62 miles of range in about 10 minutes. Not bad. In terms of design, the vehicle that they unveiled looks very much like a futuristic concept not aimed for production, which is not really encouraging. But they do have a working prototype, and they brought it to the beautiful and majestic landscapes of Sicily recently. Daimler recently invested $600 million to produce the new compact electric car at the factory in France. They also have a Mercedes-Benz all-electric EQS sedan following the vehicle not too far behind as the brand is pushing for a significant electrification effort over the next four years. Oh man, recently Elon Musk held a pickup party at the Boring Company headquarters for his flamethrower, which for legal reasons is now called officially not a flamethrower. At the party for the $500 flamethrower, guests use their new toys to toast marshmallows, while some of Musk's devices are already for sale on eBay, go figure. The people who kept their flamethrowers are using them for some pretty interesting things. Some people used the not a flamethrower to really, really flame broil their steaks, while others used the flamethrower to toast the top of creme brulees. Musk's Boring Company sold 20,000 of the things to the public. The event only distributed the first thousand, though, but as more and more of the flamethrowers go out into search it's inevitable that we're going to see a lot more interesting things being burned and probably a few unexpected things as well. One not a flamethrower buyer claims that he actually set his flamethrower on fire. If you'd like more information, you can go to boringcompany.com forward slash not a flamethrower. <laughs> 
Fox Sports has announced a multi-platform distribution plan for the 2018 season of The Big Three. Each week, a game will stream live exclusively on Facebook, leading into three additional games which will air exclusively on Fox or FS1 during the regular season and playoffs. The first Big Three game to stream on Facebook will feature a matchup between the 2017 Big Three MVP Rashad Lewis's three-headed monsters, they're calling themselves, and Mike Bibby's Ghost Ballers. That's happening on June 22nd from Houston, Texas. Starting with the season opener in Houston on June 22nd, one game per week will stream live on Facebook Watch each Friday in the U.S. and then globally via Facebook.com forward slash Big Three on Fox. For the first nine weeks of the season, fans can be a part of the action on Friday nights by viewing on Facebook and then continuing to watch on the Fox Sports app. In addition to getting exclusive live access to nine games this summer, fans on Facebook will be treated to highlight packages and game recaps for all 37 games. That includes the championship in Brooklyn on August 24th. Fans can add this content to their watch lists by following the Big Three on Fox's Facebook page. The Big Three's 10-week season opens in Houston on June 22nd and makes its way to Chicago, Oakland, Detroit, Miami, Toronto, Boston, Atlanta, Dallas, and then to Brooklyn. All stops will feature four back-to-back -back games on Friday evenings with star players and legendary Hall of Fame coaches. Tickets are on sale right now beginning at 20 bucks a pop and can be purchased at Big3.com. Happening in entertainment news, MTV is revisiting Eon Flux. The Viacom-owned channel is developing a live-action reboot of the animated series that originally ran on the Younger Skewing Network for three seasons back in the 90s. Teen Wolf showrunner Jeff Davis is on board to pen the script and exec produce the drama alongside The Walking Dead's Gail Ann Hurd. Hurd, who was not attached to the original series, did produce the 2005 feature film starring Charlize Theron. The live-action series is set in a future dystopian state and revolves around a young assassin who teams up with a group of biohacking rebels to save humanity as she becomes the hero known as Eon Flux. The original Eon Flux first aired on MTV in 91 as a six-part sequence of short films that was featured in its liquid television animation series. It then returned in 92 with five individual short-form episodes and again in 95 as a 10-episode half-hour series. All of them animated. The series was originally created by animator Peter Chung. Corporate sibling Paramount Pictures teamed with uh, Lakeshore Entertainment and Herd's Valhalla Motion Pictures banner for the Theron-led feature. Other MTV series to score revivals as of late include Jersey Shores, Yo! MTV Raps, and TRL, with the channel also in development on a real-world revival. Reboots remain in high demand as broadcast cable and streaming outlets look for proven IPs in a bid to cut through a cluttered landscape quickly approaching 
500 scripted original series. NASA's remotely piloted Icona aircraft based at the agency's Armstrong Flight Research Center in Edwards, California, successfully flew its first mission in the national airspace system without a safety chase aircraft recently. This historic flight moves the United States one step closer to normalizing unmanned aircraft operations in the airspace used by commercial and private pilots. Flying these large remotely piloted aircraft over the United States opens the doors to all types of services from monitoring and fighting forest fires to providing new emergency search and rescue operations. The technology in this aircraft could at some point be scaled down for use in other general aviation aircraft as well. Flights of large craft like Icona have traditionally required a safety chase aircraft to follow as it travels through the same airspace used by commercial aircraft. The FAA granted NASA special permissions to conduct this flight under the authority of a certificate of waiver. The certificate permitted Icona's pilot to rely on the latest detect and avoid technology, enabling the remote pilot on the ground to see and avoid other aircraft during the flight. It took off and entered controlled airspace almost immediately. Icona flew into the Class A airspace where commercial airliners fly just west of Edwards at an altitude of about 20,000 feet. The aircraft then turned north towards Fresno, requiring air traffic control to be transferred from the LA Center to Oakland. On the return trip, the pilot headed south, requiring communication control to be transferred again back to Los Angeles. The flight was the first remotely piloted aircraft to use airborne detect and avoid technology with all test objectives successfully accomplished. For more information on NASA's unmanned aircraft systems, you can visit go.nasa.gov. This is kind of scary. With all the other security concerns in the world, the Chinese government is readying a program that will make it possible to track citizens' cars using RFID chips. The program, which will be voluntary at first but mandatory for new vehicles starting in 2019, starts rolling out on July 1st. The program is being put in place by China's Ministry of Public Security and the ministry's Traffic Management Research Institute. By installing RFID chips on the windshields of new cars and reading devices on the side of China's roads, government officials reportedly hope to be able to study and improve congestion, therefore helping to reduce pollution a major priority for China's president. They also hope to use it to help stem the rise of vehicular terrorist attacks. The system wouldn't be able to locate a car at any given moment or location, like with GPS, and it's unclear how much information the government plans to store on each chip beyond the color of the car and its license plate number. This is also not the first system of its kind. Mexico is working on implementing a similar system, and countries like India, South Africa, Brazil, and Dubai already use RFID chips for everything from paying for gas, parking, and tolls to issuing tickets and collecting penalties. But China's system has a chance to be larger than any of these due to the size of the country, its population, and in turn, the tens of millions of cars it sells on the new market. Combine this with the country's penchant for surveillance, 
and there are some inevitable security concerns. After five years of waiting, it was revealed back at E3 2013, Kingdom Hearts 3 is finally getting a release date, and it's open for pre-orders right now as well. We know that this will be the closing chapter to the overarching saga of the core titles, and will take us through several beloved Disney worlds such as Toy Story, Hercules, and Monsters Incorporated. Kingdom Hearts 3 is set to release on January 29th, 2019 on Xbox One and PS4. Square has revealed even more details on the title as well, including an all-in-one PS4 Pro bundle from the three trailers at E3 2018. We got to see more of the worlds of Frozen, Ratatouille, Wreck-It Ralph, and Pirates of the Caribbean. This looks to be an awesome game for the young ones, and even us older kids too. The deluxe edition will include a steel bookcase, artwork, and collectible pin featuring Sora with the Kingdom Hearts 3 logo on it. It will not come with any digital content. For an additional 150 bucks, though, this digital deluxe edition will come with everything from the base deluxe edition and three figures of Sora, Donald, and Goofy. All three figures appear to be in their Toy Story World clothes, as each appear to be more toy-like than collectible premium statues. This bundle will be available exclusively from the Square Enix store. Right now, you can get your hands on the all-in-one game bundle from the PlayStation Store for a hundred bucks. Kingdom Hearts 1.5 Remix, 2.5 Remix, and 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue will all be available right now, and then Kingdom Hearts 3 will be uh, downloaded automatically when it releases later next year. Check this out, after announcing that the Mission E, Porsche's first all-electric vehicle, is becoming the Taycan when going into production, the German automaker has now released the first teaser images of the upcoming all-electric sedan. It looks like the automaker is positioning the vehicle as being a real Porsche, and claiming that it is going to be the first electric vehicle to quote, have soul. The video released says all Porsche models have something in common. They have a soul, a certain feeling you get as a driver as soon as you get behind the wheel. Soon the Porsche Taycan is coming. And although his heart is powered by a different force, electricity, the soul, once again, is the same. The video also appears to include the first teaser images of the production version Taycan, which is expected to be officially unveiled by the end of the year for a start of production next year. The vehicle is expected to have a range of over 250 miles. The company has also previously been talking about a 0 to 60 mile per hour acceleration in 3.5 seconds. And earlier this year, a Porsche executive said that the Mission E will be able to drive long distances at high speeds, like traveling on the German Autobahn, or to complete a few laps on the racetrack. But the vehicle's charging system might be the biggest feature that the Mission E, now the Taycan, is bringing to market. Porsche is talking about an 800-volt system that should allow a charge rate of up to 350 kilowatts, which could charge the car up to 80% in 15 minutes. Previously unconfirmed reports suggest that the Porsche Mission E will start at about $75,000 with three different performance trims 
making the vehicle competitive with the Tesla Model S current pricing structure. Those specs, however, are expected to be updated with the production version of the vehicle, along with the design. This is absolutely frightening. Conspiracy theorists have long claimed that some apps surreptitiously spy on you. Facebook has been accused of doing it to improve their targeting for years now, but while an application designed for Spanish soccer fans has admitted that it does listen in on people, it's not for the reasons that you might think. The official app for Spain's top flight soccer league, La Liga, recently received an update that saw it request permission to access users' microphones and GPS settings, which actually isn't too out of the ordinary. When granted, though, the app activates the mic and geolocation of the mobile device during times when La Liga matches are taking place. Should it detect audio suggesting games are being shown in bars or other venues, the GPS is then used to identify those locations and find out if they are licensed to show La Liga matches. The league's governing body, LFP, said it has a responsibility to protect the clubs and their fans from unlicensed broadcasts in public places, and that such activities result in an estimated $150 million loss from the league each year. The news has raised privacy and security concerns among users of the app, but La Liga says it does not access the audio recordings that it captures. These are uh, turned into irreversible binary code, it says, on the device itself. They are then compared to a database of reference codes and deleted if there are no matches. It appears that Europe's new GDPR privacy laws, which require users to understand clearly what they're signing when agreeing to terms, have brought the app's functions under the spotlight. Not surprisingly, users aren't happy about the amount of data the app collects which includes IP addresses and unique app IDs. It seems Spain's data protection watchdog, AEPD, feels the same way. It's now looking into the situation. The Google Play Store's stats show that La Liga has now been downloaded over 10 million times. And finally, happening in this week's What The, imagine coming back from holiday expecting your car to meet you at the airport due to a special parking service only to be stranded and have your calls go unanswered. That's how it all went down at Gatwick Airport where Assad Malik met the unsuspecting customers, then sent them photos of a hospital car parked 400 miles away in Scotland while they were on holiday to con them into thinking that their cars were safe. Meanwhile, he had actually dumped their vehicles in fields and at other locations miles away, including gas stations, and even in one case, a mosque. Malik made more than $1 million over two years in the scam, where he used a picture of the car park at Borders General Hospital on his unapproved London parking Gatwick LTD website. Hundreds of holidaymakers and business travelers were told their cars would be safe and secure in locations with CCTV and 24-hour security guards, but the cars were actually used for joyrides and to tow other cars before being parked in muddy fields unlocked or with the keys taped to the windows. The owner and company London Parking Gatwick LTD is accused of six counts of fraudulent trading and unfair and misleading commercial practices between October 2015 and August 2016. 
The trial continues, but Assad and the company deny all six charges. Thanks for watching your weekly tech update. If you have a story you think I should feature on the program, shoot me an email, djraymcneil at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at your weekly tech update and check out our podcast, audio and video versions available on iTunes and elsewhere on the interwebs. Till next time, I'm Ray McNeil. Good night, world.